0: The comic book pit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics, recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back issue comics, trade paperbacks graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 374. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. Kate. Hi. And Link. Hey. And we've got a, I feel like we've got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight. Yes. We could probably just jump right in. I know uh, we had been talking pre-show about all the stuff we were all collectively going to talk about. So um, but I, I feel like, well, Link and Kate, I think you guys have probably the, the lion's share of, uh, of the uh, media topics that, that you, you hit us with. So why don't you kick yeah. us off? All
2: right. So I'll just, we'll, we'll start with new mutants. Cause that's what everybody wants to know is my opinion
3: on, <laughs> on new
2: mutants.
3: The movie that we waited <laughs> So long to that, finally yeah. it's good to see. It was
2: supposed to come out when, like, Deadpool 2 came out. The <laughs> so,
1: movie 10 years in the making.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like, three more years for releasing, yes.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, um, It was good.
3: Yeah, it That's, was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, given all of the reviews and all of the trials and tribulations that it went through just to get released. Hmm. But it was really enjoyable, I thought, for what it was.
2: Yeah, like it's a PG-13 kind of horror movie. Still, kind of wants to be a superhero movie, yep. but it doesn't. Like, it never leans hard into superheroics. It's all about all the different mutants and their like PTSD of gaining their powers, basically, okay. and coming to terms with that. And there's like, there's, there's a villain, um, but it's like not in your traditional superhero villain sense, and it's kind of more abstract feeling. Um, and it works really well for the film. yep. Uh, and it also ties into uh, a couple other recent X movies, good X movies, um, Days of Future Past and Logan. Okay. Uh, so it has like some connections there, which is kind of neat that to be fair, I didn't realize until I googled after the fact I was like, okay, what what was this big reveal in this film that I don't recognize? Cause it's been like so long since I've watched an X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I read it. I was like, Oh, this makes sense. Oh, this is really cool how they weave this all together. Okay. Neat. Um, but yeah, no, everything about it was just really good. I, I feel as if like I had to put it somewhere It'd be like top three, top four X-Men movies. And that's not counting Deadpool. I'm not counting Deadpool in this like X-Men thing. Cause he's kind of like off he's on own, his own. He's
3: his own category.
2: Yeah. Those are its own kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I would say like maybe like, I don't know the second X-Men movie first class and then Logan would be like my normal top three. And this, this comes pretty close to like first class Wow, cool. for me at least. Like it was like high praise. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have like, I mean, it's the new mutants. So it's like all the characters that you aren't familiar with usually, or the public at large isn't familiar with cause they haven't been featured before.
3: Yeah. And of course, uh, a few of the people, their stars over is in considerably since this was filmed, especially Anya Taylor Joy. When this came out, she had really only been in Split and The Witch that I can recall. And since this got filmed, she's had a ton of other films come out. And she's in The Queen's Gambit, which recently got released on Netflix. And she mm. plays Magic.
1: Yep. Okay.
3: So, and she honestly, for me, stole the entire show.
2: Yeah. She did really good. As she magic. was
3: fantastic as magic, which she's such a compelling actress. I think over the next few decades for the rest of her career, hopefully more than a few decades, we're going to see a lot of good things from her. And you can tell just from such a young age, she's so compelling.
1: Mm-hmm. So would you say she, she was like kind of this, like the, like magic was kind of the standout of the movie. Or was there... I don't
3: know if that's my personal take on it because she was the one that I was the most familiar with outside of Maisie Williams. I feel like Maisie Williams' character also stood out, and I don't know if that's because I knew those. Characters. Th- that's
2: the hard part, yeah. There's like there's like a couple it's like a like a weird um I'm blanking on the word, but it's it's like Okay, you either know the actor slash actress and you're like, oh, okay, yes, this person's amazing, I love them, or you know the character and you're like, oh, okay, this is this is magic. This is like literally the only character in this film I'm pretty familiar with. Yeah. Um, because really, like, it, I can't name you the last time I saw Cannonball in something, or if he's even alive in the X Men universe anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a good point.
2: But you know, yeah, Cannonball, uh, Danny, Danny Moonstar, uh. Who else is in it? Magic, uh, Wolf's Bane. And then the fire uh, guy. And Sunspot. Sunspot. Yep. Who, and uh, like all of them, I'm like, uh, I know where magic's at. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's constantly at the center of all X books, but beyond that,
1: like, yeah, the last time I saw cannonball and Sunspot was when they got recruited. This is way back. Uh, and when Hickman took over Avengers, Oh wow! And he and he added Cannonball and Sunspot to the team. Okay, yeah. But they, I mean, they they really didn't even manage to be a blip, I think, on that book because, you know, Hickman doesn't do characters; he does story.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
1: <laughs> I don't know what happened to them after that, but. I-
2: I think Hickman is writing new mutants and I didn't read a lot of it, but I want to say maybe some of those characters, he might have a a special place in his heart for them then to like have
1: resurrected them recently. But yeah. Now how was, um, I forget his name, but he's the, the guy that is on stranger things who played cannonball.
3: Oh, Oh, he played cannonball, uh, Charlie something.
1: Yeah. I don't remember
2: his real actor name.
3: He was fine.
2: Yeah. Like he wasn't, he, he, play, he played he played Cannonball. He got he got like his his Kentucky southern drawl yeah. thing going on. He did pretty good.
3: He did a good job with that. I just cared more about all the other characters and it had nothing to do with the actor or the character. It's just
2: There were a lot of compelling stories going on. There were a on. lot
3: of compelling if, stories. If
2: I had to compare it to I would say it's like a horror movie version of The Breakfast Club. Huh.
3: That's okay. very oh. accurate. That's
2: what I would call that movie.
3: Yes.
1: Okay.
2: That's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and if there's one thing I cannot, I, if if I have to have one complaint, um, before we move on to something else, it would be, uh, an over reliance on CG for the horror scenes. So it's like, oh, that looks really cool, but oh, I can tell it's computer graphics, and now it's slightly less cool. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, whatever. That's the that's the times we live in. Right. Yeah. No. You're not gonna get that John Carpenter the thing no. effects anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is a weird question just because I feel like I'm so removed from from uh, you know, our traditional media because of the state of things. Is it is it still in the theater or has it already gone to? Yeah, no, it it, it left the theaters.
2: It Fox is really weird about it, and they're definitely trying to milk as much money out of mm. it as possible. I think because it just because of all the delays and all the shit they put it through, and then COVID happened, and then.
3: Yeah, it got. It had a bad
2: release. It, it it got released right off the bat.
3: It got released right after theaters first reopened. Yeah, so because, it was like with like tenant
2: and uh, some other things. Yeah,
3: given how long we had waited for it, I basically put it in like court if we were going to go see it in theater or not. I was like, I don't really want to do this, but if you do, I trust you. <laughs> you really care about this. Yeah. Do you want to see it? And I'm glad we got to see it at home, and I'm glad we waited, so we weren't like panicking. Yeah. Um. We paid to
2: rent it. Yeah, we paid to rent it. 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 it uh. But yeah, oh, I was okay. responsible. I was like, I'm not gonna go to the theaters right when they open. It's. It's gonna be packed. We'll come home with COVID. It'll be awful. Um. So I did wait until it. It finally came out to at least rent, and we just rented it for like five bucks on Amazon oh, okay. Prime. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So it was like not the movie theater twenty dollar whatever prices. Yeah. Okay. It, it was just like, a simple rental price. Plus. Yeah no it's not i bet you'll end up on hulu eventually once they're done trying to milk the rest of the money out of it but i was like you know what we'll watch this we'll have something to talk about on the show Mm -hmm. i've been waiting forever for it let's just do it Mm -hmm. so yeah i I mean i definitely it's totally worth five bucks absolutely i would have been more than happy to have paid to see it in theaters i think
3: yeah definitely it was good
1: well yeah i i I appreciate that uh those comments because i Cause I was always kind of on the fence about it. Like the, like the trailers definitely looked pretty cool, but you know, it just had really sketchy word of mouth. So it's, it's good to hear people, people we know, you know, people I know, like give it a thumbs up.
2: Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't get what the reviews are talking about. Or I, I, I I don't want to be like, Oh, it was this, but like, I feel as if it was like people already wrote that movie off. Yeah. and it was easier to just be like ah oh, it sucks don't worry about it than to like you know be like oh it's actually a good movie but we're never gonna see it ever again and Disney doesn't isn't gonna do this blah 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 so like I don't know that that's kind of how it felt to me like I mean granted I, I'm pretty sure dark Phoenix is an awful movie we haven't seen it yet but I'm I almost I mean, uh, the, the, the the apocalypse movie wasn't very good either so you
1: know oh yeah
2: X Men apocalypse I, it was yeah. already downhill at that point so i was like okay that i can believe that one sucks i don't even need to really mm-hmm. have seen it but it kind of feels like since this was like the tail end of all the x movies people were just like nah man it just sucks just don't even <laughs> don't waste your time or they were like really hardcore horror movie people who were expecting like I don't even know from it. Like not beyond like what it, it it's, it's a PG 13 horror movie. It's going to be like the sixth sense in terms of like spooky factor.
3: Yeah. Which definitely was spooky. There were definitely some spooky
2: Yeah, bits. there were some spooky bits, but it's, it wasn't like straight horror. It was no. like, Oh, this is like a, it's like, you know, horror light for like an all audiences kind of thing that you could bring kids to this. Maybe. Okay. Well, maybe not kids, but like, I don't know. (laughs) Young teens. It's in that, it's in that demographic. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then I guess the other thing I'll mention before we'll, we'll rotate around here, but, uh, we watched hellstrom on Hulu. Oh yeah. I forgot
3: we we were going to talk about that.
2: I, well, I think everybody forgot it came out (laughs) once again, talking about things that aren't going to happen anymore because Disney now owns the rights to all that stuff. And it was like, nah, your 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 deals with anything that's not Disney Plus are over. Um, it came out, it was a thing. Um, it was a it was immediately announced that there would not be a second se- season. Uh, I would, Ow. yeah, I would equate it to like, uh, a not as good version of the canceled Exorcist series on Fox. Yeah, like The Exorcist on Fox is a great series, and absolutely, you should watch those two seasons because it's like fantastic horror yes. movie TV. Yes. Um, uh, Hellstrom's like a light version of this that dealt with like, um, well, Damon Hellstrom and his sister Satana. I think that's her name. I think that's a comic book name. Oh yeah. Um, I- uh, them and their mom and like a demon possession, which maybe that's. Mephisto. My Marvel knowledge on he- Demon Hellstrom is actually pretty non-existent. Besides him being, oh, it's the devil guy with the the pentagram on his chest.
1: Yeah, same.
2: Uh, and his loose connections to Hellcat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it was fine.
3: Yeah, that's basically the best you could say. It was fine. We put it on in the background while. We both play video games on our
2: phone, basically. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is not a ringing endorsement. Uh, but, I mean, maybe if you are a hardcore, uh, you know, Damon Hellstrom fan, it would at least be pique your curiosity. But it is a weird choice. There's no other way to explain it. Like, I don't get what they were doing. Uh,
1: also, if you're a hardcore Damon Hellstrom fan, we want to hear from you. There's dozens of them. <laughs> because Yeah, <laughs> because I want to know why and <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't waste your, your your hours with it unless you really were just hard up for something new yeah. to watch or like i said you're one of those 12 people who like damon hellstrom mm.
3: and if you're not one of those 12 people and you like possession and you haven't watched the exorcist go watch that instead
1: yeah go watch the exorcist instead that is our review well the funny thing about that like i i watched the trailer a couple of times and and the my, my first takeaway from it was I can't tell what's going on because it looks like it was filmed with no lights on. That's <laughs> like, fair too. Yeah, old, old trailer looked pitch black. And then I thought, well, I mean, this is all fine and good, but I'm really not interested. Like I would be more interested if the character literally looked like Hellstrom from the comics. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise, it just looked like yeah.
2: Go like the Ghost Rider route where it's like kind of cheesy, but you're like,
1: all right, well, this is cheesy, but like, like lean, you know, lean into it, you know, just yeah, uh, Yeah. own it. Because it's a a
2: very straightforward version of that whole
1: story. Yeah,
2: barely like it feels like quote spoiler for the twelve people who care. Um, (laughs) the at some point he does like flare up and like do, he does a thing and it's like oh i got like demon powers and like um, my eyes are gonna turn red and fire is gonna shoot out of them and i'm gonna like kill a bunch of dudes but it's like the tail end of the episode like the of the season riser, and then it's like well that's it yeah so it's like oh cool you spent all this time telling the origin story for mm-hmm. something that doesn't have a second season i i don't know
3: well in the intro and outro were. That too. Odd. They didn't match the feel of the rest of the show. The
2: the intro tried to do like some kind of creepy Babadook like hand-drawn art children's story thing, but to like doo-wop music.
3: Yeah. And it wasn't even like slowed down doo-wop music to actually make it creepy. It was it, like regular doo music.
2: Yeah. It's music. like when you take like a song that's not supposed to be creepy and then mess with it to make it sound creepy. Yeah. That's what they kind of tried to do, but it was just like with a doo-wop song and it but didn't But they didn't mess with it. They barely messed <laughs> with it. Yeah. The art was supposed to like convey how creepy, like I don't know. It it's probably on YouTube. You could probably watch it if you're curious, but uh, yeah, I just don't don't watch that. <laughs> eh, <fair enough. laughs> um, actually, I I lie. We'll segue into the last thing since I think this is all that's on our plate. Speaking of Hulu, uh, we watched Hardy Boys. Yes. Which is kind of it's nerd adjacent. I don't I don't know where it fits in the grand scheme of the comic
1: book pit no no that's fine uh, actually uh, what's what's funny is we we were watching something on Hulu um a week ago and we were done watching for the night and I'm just like s- scrolling around Hulu and I see the tr- like I'm like the Hardy boys like I had no idea it was even coming out and then I played the trailer for it and I'm like this looks kind like I feel like I'm interested in this
3: yeah we are definitely enjoying it uh and that's saying a lot because I'm a huge Nancy Drew fan and I was a huge hater of the cw
2: <laughs> C- yes yeah, the CW is a very CW version of Nancy Drew complete with like you know I mean teen were, sex and I'm
3: fine with the everybody hates sex. each
2: other and it's yeah, yeah. They we were true to the characters
3: yeah. but the Hardy boys is good.
2: Yeah, I, I've never read a Hardy Boys book. My my, but my gut tells me like this is what the Hardy Boys would be if I read the Hardy Boys. Like it feels authentic to the, like this. It's like takes place in like the late 80s, early yep. 90s.
1: Okay, that so was the my soundtrack
3: other is fantastic.
1: Oh, cool.
2: Yeah, the soundtrack's cool. It's got like that Stranger Things vibe of like kids on bikes solving mysteries kind right. of thing.
3: So that's um, what I was
1: gonna ask because I, I, I noticed when the trailer was over and I said to my wife, I said, I might be crazy, but I feel like that was kind of a period show. Yeah. Like, it, yep. like it but it was hard to tell because people still they don't ham it up, up yeah. Man. It's like people still wear ringer t shirts and like buy clothes that like maybe you know, a, a new shirt in the eighties would be a, a shirt that someone would wear now that they bought from a thrift store.
3: Right, right. Well, and I honestly, it took me a while to realize that they were in the 80s, and Link picked it up because of NES.
1: Yeah, they were playing
2: like a video game, and it was uh, like an 8-bit looking game. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. We're here, we go. As opposed to like them just being retro game connoisseurs or something. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, I think the few the few computers that show up are like old ass computers, yes. and I'm like, okay. But beyond that, they really don't reference dates too much, or like, you know. It's not Stranger Things in that way where it's very clearly like, ah, yes, the mall montage and, like, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is quintessential 80s. It's it's more chill about it, which is kind of interesting. Um, But, yeah, no, that's a really good series, and it's – I don't know who it's for. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's – like, it's like a family TV series, but I don't know, like, what kid's interested in, like, an, an 80s slash 90s period piece show that's, like – well, why aren't they looking this up on Google? Because they don't have Google. Well, that's <laughs> stupid. Like, I, I feel so like a kid would be like, this show makes no sense to me. I don't, I, I don't know. But it, it's, it was like me when I watched like Dick Tracy as a kid. I was like, I get it, but I, I don't <laughs> know. This is weird.
1: So it's like it's it's accessible enough for kids. Like it's not a, like a like a a grown-up Riverdale version.
3: No, not but at it's,
1: all. But it's, but it, it'll still feed on the nostalgia for the parents because yeah. like maybe they grew up reading the books. Or if you're like me, you remember the, the, the late seventies, uh, Hardy boys, Nancy drew mysteries, TV shows. Yeah. Starring <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parker Stevenson and Sean Cassidy. Yeah.
3: Well, and even if someone doesn't fit into any of those categories, I feel like it does a decent job with the, mystery solving. aspect.
2: Yeah. The mystery is really cool. The mystery solving is pretty authentic stuff. It's got like this cool, like pulp vibe to it where like, there's this dude that's like, I don't know, like some seven foot tall, eight foot tall giant of a man with this booming voice. It's just like, this screams like, it's, like just pulpy comic book, like cool yes. shit. It's got like a Russian accent or something. It's yeah.
1: Okay. It's neat. Hmm. That's another thing I think I'm going to watch thanks guys yeah,
2: no, no problem
1: <laughs> i didn't even know that that
0: hardy boys was coming out i, I mean even I, the group texting, I didn't either yeah, I, that's I, saw, what I,
1: said.
2: I saw a trailer like i saw a trailer advertised somewhere like on like io9 or something on my news feed on facebook i was like all right we'll watch this and then we turned on hulu it was like hardy boys is out and i was like oh okay well i guess we'll go watch hardy boys
1: yeah i was i was like i said a i was surprised just to see the there was a new Hardy Boys property, but B, like I said, I watched the trailer and I'm like, that was kind of good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that makes me kind of want to watch it. But okay, very cool. So uh, something that I took uh, took your advice on a few episodes back was Superstore. Okay, yeah, and we totally binged it from from season one, and we as of like Monday or Tuesday, we caught up to the current season. Nice. <laughs> and it's, uh, y- you know, it's, and it's, it's really weird. Like I do like the show, but I don't love it. Yeah. But I like it enough to keep watching because it's uh, like, you know, it's funny. It's, it's legitimately well-written and I, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, because the creator is one of the, he, he cut his teeth on the office and, Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, the series creator was a was a It was in the writer's room on the office. Um so you get a so you get a little feel for that, but but also like anyone who's ever worked any kind of retail or customer service or actually like any job, because it it, it it's a good merging of like, you know, retail hell, customer service hell, coworker hell. Um, working for a corporation, hell. Big box store, hell. You know, it's all these things. So it's like if, if you have any experience in any one of those areas, you'll probably find this show enjoyable. Because like like all of the characters are that one person at work. Yeah. You know, the, the overly religious one or the, the just weird one or the braggy one or – the intellectual one or the, you know, just uh, the, the bully, the, I mean, but also um, <laughs> I like to play, I call it um, TV HR, uh, TV human resources, mm-hmm. where like I watch a show like the office or now superstore. And I'm, you know, I'm watching an episode. And I'm like, Nope, you'd get fired for that. Nope, <laughs> you Get fired for that. know, you'd definitely get fired for saying that. Yeah. Uh, funny enough. Um, I I actually didn't like America Ferrara. As, oh yeah, as, oh. I I didn't like her character. She was, for me, the worst part of the show. I mean, I think t- like overall, like as as part of the cast, as part of the ensemble, she was fine. But and also, I think part of it was because we were binging, watching episode after episode after episode. Mm-hmm. It was like. You know, but maybe if I had only, if I had watched it, like, week, like, like, on a weekly basis, like, how it, maybe it came out, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But I, th- I feel like, and this goes along with, like, any show. If you take in too much at once, you're, you know, like, you're not really supposed to watch things that way, but that's how we watch things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, after a while, you're like, oh, man, I really don't like that person. <laughs> you know, I just... So, and you know, and and when I found out, and this spoilers, but when she gets her corporate job and is leaves the store, leaves the show essentially, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, she's not on the show anymore. This is kind of awesome. Then, like a week later, I'm like, oh great, the show's getting canceled. Yeah, <laughs> like son of a bitch, show's done after season six.
2: Hmm. That that, that that doesn't surprise me. I bet you any money, was more so the, uh, well,
1: everything going on, well, than the difficulties of filming it. Well, there's, I think there's that, but they also, they, I some, I did read something where, um, her leaving, the the ratings took a su- like a huge dive. Huh. Her, which I mean, I, I I get that she was, one of the stars, like she was one of the leads. Her and Ben Feldman were kind of the two leads of the show. Mm-hmm. But. Again, I felt that, you know, it was the the strength of the show was more on the, the whole extended cast. It's not, no, I agree two characters
2: when it's like in the office. Um, I mean, you know, when, when Michael Scott left, it wasn't like everybody stopped watching the office. It lasted a couple more seasons. And I assume we never finished the office, but I heard that, you know,
1: I never heard anybody bitch about it. The, the, I think the first season after the the first season that Steve Carell left the show kind of struggled to find its footing, but the last two seasons were solid, Mm -hmm. and it was almost it's like you didn't really miss a beat. It was still really good. I mean, you I mean because you can never replace Steve Carell. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they really did an admirable job, uh, admirable job of of uh, making making the best out of it, and, and and the fact that no one else from that cast left. I mean, there like there was no one else that left. Mm-hmm. The show it was kind of kind of a testament, I think, to to that that cast and that that show in general. But um, no, but I uh I. I'm glad I watched Superstore, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I hope it, I I guess it's going to come back next year. I don't know to finish up the series. I just don't know when.
2: Yeah. 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 Cause yeah, they only got to do four episodes and then everything's back to shit. So um,
1: Mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah. And they, they, they fully are embraced Corona as part of the storyline. Yeah, I
2: think that's probably yeah. Like I said, that was like one of the more interesting things that to to watch, to mm-hmm. witness, to
1: just. I know things are weird now as far as TV, and I'm not sure what TV you guys watch, or if you, if if anybody watches like regular network TV, or if everyone just watches it, you know, on Hulu or on you mm-hmm. know on streaming apps. But so we we don't watch a lot of weekly television we you know we just watch it on hulu or whatever um the one thing so we were catching up on i don't know if you ever anybody watches uh blackish
2: no but yeah i know about it
1: okay it's been on my radar. you should definitely watch it it's i mean just i mean everyone should watch it it's really funny um it's, it's a it's a really good show but um so when when it came back this year for a few episodes they definitely focused on like the pandemic and um, uh, sheltering in place. And one of the characters like the, uh, the mom uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross is a doctor. So, you know, there was a big focus on her being a frontline worker and how important it was. And um, so they did these couple episodes in a row and then we're watching it last night. And I, I looked over at my wife. I'm like, they're out like in in a neighborhood. They're volunteering for the holidays at a shelter. Literally, no one's wearing a mask. Like no one's mentioning anything. Like so, have we just are, are they is this show not acknowledging Corona anymore, or is this like uh, like I, I guess every show must be handling it differently. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you guys have noticed any current shows where they are like aside from Superstore where they have written Corona into. Like,
3: I haven't uh, seen any of it yet, but I know shameless is. Okay. Just based on set photos that I've seen of them in masks when they're filming and they're not in masks when they're not.
1: I think the only one that the only other one I can think of is, um, on ABC, uh, the, the Connors, which is the, the Roseanne. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a continuation or a spin-off or whatever. Yeah. But I remember the, the first trailer where they were coming back. It looked like it was all pandemic related. People were wearing masks and mm-hmm. like there were jokes about like not have it. Like there were like women, there were girls that didn't have like their, their hairs looked kind of like the hair looked kind of like they hadn't been to the, had it done in a while or had it colored or cut or whatever. So I think, I think that show wrote it into, you know, their, their season, which makes sense because like Roseanne and the Connors really was really is based in reality. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of, it was surprising that, um, that the show, which, which, I mean, mean, the show is really good. Like I said, it's, it's legitimately funny, but it's also very, uh, it, it definitely takes a stance as far as, uh, social platform. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's the, the creators of person of color. I mean, it's, and it's, it's very smart and it's, it's just a great show to watch. So I was like, really shocked that they weren't, you know, acknowledging the whole like, oh, so your character's just running around without masks on now. That's weird. Okay. Sorry. Kate,
3: I'm sorry, I'm distracting him.
2: Yeah, Kate distracted me. <laughs> I don't want to segue off what you're saying. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much done. Okay. Unless Kate just has showed me that the, uh the two new Marvel properties that just got announced.
3: Oh, there are a ton of new things that got announced. Um, but what I showed him. Oh,
2: uh, let's just read this list and just sound amazed on. Yeah, go ahead. Live in real time.
3: Okay. Uh, Captain Marvel two. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Yep. She Hulk. Yep. Moon Knight Yes. Right? Secret Invasion. Okay. Ironheart, which we were just talking about the other day, which is why I distracted him.
2: Yes. That's uh, exciting.
3: Armor Wars. Oh cool. Uh the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special.
2: <laughs> so that's a Disney Plus thing.
3: Uh I am Groot. Um uh, Christian Bale was cast in Thor, Love and Thunder.
1: Oh, interesting.
3: And Quantum Mania, which is going to be the third Ant-Man film.
1: Oh, they're
2: going to go to the quantum, quantum nice. zone. And wait, is that a four? Oh, Fantastic yes. Four.
3: Oh, nice. oh shit. Okay. Yes.
2: Damn. Okay, well, that was a lot. Um, thoughts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew, uh, I knew uh, Captain Marvel was definitely getting a sequel. A lot of that stuff I was yeah. hearing that they were happening. I I'm glad it's all in cement now. I guess that's actually happening. Did they give you like a did? Is there like a timeline on it? No, it just looks um, like logos to well, me. Well,
3: some of them have a timeline. They have a release date for theaters. Haha. <laughs> ha. Um,
2: yeah. I was just say, don't trust any timelines right now. Anyways. Well,
3: I mean, Captain Marvel's two November 11th, 2022. So okay. these are pretty far out. That's the only thing that I see a set date on at this point. A lot of these are coming to Disney Plus, though.
0: Okay. What well, was it? Guardians uh, Holiday Special. I actually, yeah, that's, that's really fun. I kind of want to watch
2: it. So. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that'll be fun. Um, Armor Wars is interesting. Yeah. Uh, War, Machine. Oh, a War Machine. Oh, War Machine. That's the War Machine Don Sir- Cheadle. Oh, series, awesome. probably. I would yep. assume that's a Disney Plus show.
3: Yes, coming to Disney Plus.
2: Gotcha. I didn't hear about Ironheart getting her, her own show, so I'm kind of glad for that. Yeah, we were... Wh- what were we talking about? Why were we talking about that?
3: Who we wanted cast in it, and... Oh, we were talking about
2: Black Panther not yes. existing because of the stuff that went down With recently. the actress. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it was like, well, what will they do to fill that void. And we were like, well, why don't they do Ironheart?
2: Cause Tony, yeah. Cause Tony Stark's gone and you got the Peter Parker thing, but like, eh, okay. But he's not a cool dude in iron armor and you got, you know, war machines fine, but war machines never been like the star of anything. right? So.
3: And yeah. Ironheart just has a cool story. Like,
2: Ironheart's cool. Yeah. You, you got, you got like a, a young black girl in STEM. Yeah. In STEM. And so like yeah I, that's just like a whole untapped demographic and it kind of replaces Shuri.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Basically. <laughs> like I if, mean,
3: she's a young black woman in STEM.
2: Yeah, like if, if Shuri if Shuri's actress shot herself in the foot here and then they were like, well we'll, we'll put Black Panther 2 on the back burner now because of, you know, all the stuff that's happened mm-hmm. um with, you know, the the death of Chadwick Moseman and uh, all the other stuff, yeah. Then the, I guess that works. That's a good solution, and it's a cool, cool character. Yep. I'm surpri- I'm, I'm still surprised. Ant Man and Wasp is still like going, st- like that's like one property. Where, like I enjoy them, but I am never like. Yes, Ant Man and Wasp, a new Ant Man movie. It's just sort of like they're good. Yeah, they're 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 fun. Yeah,
3: they're kind of They're they're fun. I yeah, this like, is
2: weird to think of it like the tr- the Ant Man trilogy, like.
3: What a time to be alive!
1: Right. (laughs) For me, it's just fun to to see Paul Rudd playing hero. Yeah. Yeah. And and because he's he's just Paul Rudd. Like no matter what he's in, he's it's just the whole Paul Ruddness of it all. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: Well, because he's an ageless beauty.
2: (laughs) Yes, there is that. I agree. But yeah, no, um, it's, uh, that, that's exciting.
1: I think if, and, and fingers crossed that they, they really do it right. But if they do, I think the thing I'm most excited for would be fantastic for. Yes. Because oh, absolutely. it's like, like they're just, they're finally bringing it home. That's kind well, of the way I feel about it.
2: You you could tell Marvel was excited about it because the Instagram post was a video, not just an image. <laughs> They were like, check out this cool four symbol being drawn. Nice. So yeah, that's that's definitely the big announcement, big
1: hype thing that they're focused on.
3: So. I'm most excited about Moon Knight.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for Moon Knight. Last I heard that they they were talking to Oscar Isaac about mm. playing, about starring. Oh, f-
2: I, I f- fingers crossed on that. I remember back the rumors were like Keanu Reeves. I was like, okay, yeah, that too. <laughs> Whoever, so
3: someone good,
2: somebody yeah. awesome is Moon Knight. Okay, sold. Nick Cage. Nick Cage is Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know about that. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider three, or or the MCU, you know, or have him like mentor uh, Robbie Reyes. I'm there for that. Bring mm-hmm. Nick Cage back for that.
1: Well, you know what? Actually, that would be interesting if they if they did a like a if they did a next generation. Ghost Rider, and and actually brought back kind of a grizzled Johnny Cage, or a uh, uh, Johnny Blaze.
2: <laughs> Not
1: Johnny Cage. <laughs> <A grizzled laughs>
2: That's a very different.
1: A grizzled Johnny Cage. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. A, uh, you know, kind of an old weathered Johnny Blaze come back. That would be kind of fun.
2: Mm-hmm. And that, that just reminded me of... Uh... Spider-Man stuff, like I, oh, Spider-Man Three okay. news, I've been hearing. It's getting a little weak. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like now they're just throwing everything, and only half of it's going to be true. Yes. They're like Just trying to throw people off the scent now. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for for them to say like, oh, we're they're they're digging up the corpses of Stanley and Jack, <laughs> and they're going to be in the movie. Yes. Like literally everyone's in the movie now.
0: I think what it's going to be, I think it's just going to be like a Sinister Six, and they. Kind of trying to do some deep cuts because maybe the director is just a fan of the old movies. I mean, he had like, uh, oh, uh, but, semi- that's right, re- uh, redo well, yeah. his thing on um, uh, being j Jonah.
2: Yes. Well, I, you just reminded me when you mentioned Sinister Six that, that Jamie Foxx was coming back as Electro. Yeah, and I entirely uh, forgot about that. Well, I was just saying that uh, Alfred Molina is coming back as Doctor Ock.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? So I want.
2: I yes, yeah, yeah that was, what I was big. I did not see that. So I wonder if it's going to be a multiverse Sinister Six, because I could be on board
1: for that, or it could just be like whatever, and that's fine too. Well, sure, because they're talking about bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yes. And and even Kirsten Dunst.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. That'd be
1: cool. Yeah. That was the last thing I saw was Kirsten Dunst. And then, and and did you guys see that they're talking about Charlie Cox reprising his role as Daredevil? <laughs> I heard yeah. about yeah. that. I'm, I'm like, how can any of this be true? Yeah. That's
2: like, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. But
0: that one could be plausible since
1: Daredevil is back in Marvel hands now. So, oh, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, they're all plausible, but how much can they fit into a two hour movie? Unless they make yeah. it, like... Well, it's going to be like
2: the, the, the CW crossover where it's, like, five seconds of yeah. Tobey Maguire before yeah. Doc Ock gets pulled through a portal.
1: Everybody gets two, two minutes. minutes.
2: Yeah, like, that's uh, that might be what it is, which I'd be fine with, like, mm-hmm. if everybody gets, like, a cool scene when these portals open up all around and bring over all these villains from different Spider-Man universes.
1: Kind of like when they, they brought in the uh, the cinematic flash for Crisis. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's probably that's most likely. I I have a feeling that's what it will be, which is fine. It'll be cool to see them on the big screen, but I don't. I couldn't see Tobey Maguire suiting up as Spider Man <laughs> in 2022 Wait, or whatever. Wait, he could be
3: like the old chubby uh, one yes. from Into <laughs> yeah, the Spider Verse. Yeah. Well, you
1: know what? The, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're saying Tobey Maguire, but they're not. They're not necessarily. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe he'll reprise his role as. Yes, you're correct, Peter yeah. Parker but maybe he'll be an older, like maybe retired Peter Parker or something like mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it'll be either way. I mean, I guess whatever they're doing, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it pans out there. The, the, the Charlie Cox thing is the one where I can't wrap my head around. Like, unless they're bringing him in as Matt Murdoch as like a legal defense for like, yeah, the vigilante known as Spider-Man, Peter oh, yeah. Parker, kind of thing. Actually, that maybe does
1: make a little bit of sense because at the end of the second movie, he was he was like outed. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you no, know, but you know that. That being said, I would much rather see them put their energies towards like just give us another season of Daredevil. Yeah, right, give Charlie Cox for the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't just throw him in to some you know give them a five five minute cameo just to do it yeah well this might be a good place to take a break real quick before we talk about comics to yes talk about our sponsor for this episode thriftberg and then we'll be right back with some comic talk this week's episode of comic book pit is brought to you by thriftberg do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware, to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit Thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Okay, we're back. Thanks again to Thriftburg for sponsoring this episode. And don't forget about that coupon code. You can save 10% off $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. So I read kind of an interesting book. I, I really didn't plan on reading this, but I read justice league, endless winter, number one, and Christmas special kind of deal. No, well, it's, it's, it's kind of a, like a mini justice league event. Oh, okay. Because it's, it starts in this book, this endless winter, number one, and it's going throughout. I don't know if it's going to go throughout every single member of the league's book. Like it's definitely like after this issue, it's picking up in the next issue of flash. And then I think it's going from there into a Superman endless winter special. And then, uh, and from there, I'm not sure where else, but it's definitely, I feel like it's just justice league centric. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so the, the, the creative team is kind of what, what got me. So it was co-written by, Andy, Andy Lanning and Ron Mars, which are two names I haven't really heard in a while. And so, you know, Andy Lanning is most mostly famous for his partnership with Dan Abnett because they they resurrected Guardians of the Galaxy back in the, I guess, the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s during the annihilation event. And actually, I think they wrote the entire Annihilation event. Which, if you've not read that, that was an incredible series. But uh, Abnett and Lanning were a writing team together for a long time. They have since parted ways, and I'm not really sure why. I don't think it's really public knowledge why they aren't working together anymore. So, uh, you know, so Andy Lanning is writing this, and Ron Mars, like I said, is the is also co-writing it. Ron Mars, who was big in the in like the mid to late nineties famous for uh, creating Kyle Rayner. He was writing Green Lantern for a long time, created Kyle Rayner with um, Daryl Banks and Mm -hmm. wrote that book for a long time. And, and then on art was on on this endless winter is Howard Porter, who was big in the nineties. He was the artist for a long time on JLA when Grant Morrison brought that book back. And so this is kind of like a, it's interesting because this is a brand new event, but it's got like a bunch of like veteran, like veteran creators on it that I've not seen in forever. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take a chance on it. And it was really a lot of fun. Basically it, it, it ties in loosely with the regular continuity because it, it ties into Superman moved his Superman moved the Fortress of Solitude from the Arctic Circle to the Bermuda Triangle in his in in Bendis's um, Man of Steel miniseries because I think it was destroyed. So he set up a new base Mm -hmm. in the Bermuda Triangle. So the Stag Corporation is in the Arctic Circle digging in the remains of like, like the crater that used to be the fortress of solitude. And what they find is a bunch of Kryptonian crystals that had, that were left over like remnants from the destruction of the fortress of solitude that had been embedded in the ice. And they're mining these crystals to unlock whatever power or secrets might be in those crystals. The drilling team is attacked. The Justice League intervenes, and they're attacked by these like ice creatures. They're 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 not living. They're just made of ice, but they don't know who's mm-hmm. pulling the strings. And then out of the depths of the ice comes this giant who calls himself the Frost King. And and then it flashes back to 10th century Egypt. It looks like there was kind of a mini Justice League that existed that was uh, Black Adam. Um, uh, Hippoly-
3: Hippolyta. Yeah, Hippolyta.
1: I can never say her name. Hi- yeah, Hippolyta. Uh, one more. There was one more person. Let me get to there. That page. It's like one of the
2: Hawkmen, what Hawk girl?
1: Uh, oh no. Um, Viking prince and Swamp Thing. So there was like, it was like the this quartet of mm-hmm. ancient heroes that had formed to fight the Frost King. Back in 10th century Egypt. And you, you you find this out because when the Frost King comes out of the ground, all of a sudden, the entire Earth is enveloped in this polar vortex. And it shows scenes from all over the DCU, from Gotham to Manhattan to Washington, D.C., to Metropolis. And then in the country of Kandak, where Black Adam rules. And he says, after all this time, how can this be happening again? And that's when it flashes back to, he's with the, uh, like I said, uh, Swamp Thing, Viking Prince, and Hippolyta. So, so clearly these four probably fought the Frost King all those years, you know, years back. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, this was just, it was just good old fashioned super heroics. And and weirdly, like like back in the day, I I, I never read Morrison's JLA because I honestly did not like Howard Porter's art. I don't mind it today, but weirdly, like the faces, like every one of his faces looks misshapen. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Like everything else looks fine, but there's something about the way he draws faces. They just look like flat, like almost everyone's got like a pug nose. Everyone's faces just look weird. Other than that, (laughs) this was a really fun book and (laughs) just had a real old school jla vibe so i i, I think i'm actually going to keep going with this even though like my my one rule is you know i'll read an event or a mini series but i won't read any spin-offs. i feel like in order to get this story like i said this this goes from this issue continues in the flash number 767 so i guess if i want to keep reading this i have to get
2: that yeah it's not like a it's like a it's one of those alpha and omega bookend things maybe where it's
1: just like yeah yeah, like I said, it was just a lot of fun and it has a beautiful cover by Michael Janin, who uh, was on Batman for a long time. No, it sounds awesome. Uh, I guess I can go next. Okay.
0: Um, uh, I will do, uh, a wrinkle in time. Uh, it's the graphic novel adaption. by hope Larson, I don't really know her outside of, she used to do some work with, um, Scout Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley. But I don't remember mm-hmm. all she did in it. <laughs> so it was, but that was actually that uh, really familiar. Yeah, but that was one of the reasons why I got this book. Oh, and then I've been going through this like this big nostalgia kick, like deep cuts for me. Wrinkle in Time, and uh, some reason I'm listening to the Roots. Things Fall Apart from like '98, yeah. among other things. <sighs> So when I saw that this was available through um, Scholastic, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll buy it. I'm probably like three or four chapters in. As a kid, I actually read the book uh, in summer school. I remember just having like such a ball reading it with my class as well as outside of class. And so I've always been kind of excited to see other adaptions with it. Although I I didn't finish all the motion picture one that came out a few years ago. I probably would like to go back to it, but eh, I'm not like that eager for it. As for the story or as for the book goes, I mean, if anyone's ever went through elementary school and like any type of public school, you always had to at least read Wrinkle in Time, I assume. So I'm not really going to go too much into details. Probably just focus on the art, which I generally like. I I like a lot of uh, Hope Larson's, uh, panel work in this. It's very dense, but I was reading uh, some of the extra interview stuff in the back, and she said that she didn't want to leave anything out. She couldn't find any places to really abridge any of the information. So this is a pretty good adapted type of book so far.
2: I mean, that's kind of huh. That's neat when they do that. So that's neat when they you know do a full full blown adaptation without cutting corners.
0: Yeah, it's all in like three colors, black, white, and blue, or I mm. like an off blue. I can't remember what it is, but I I really like it so far. It definitely dragged a minute, but now that they're hip deep in their adventure, I think it's starting to pick up steam. Like I'm finding myself more and more going through chapters quickly because I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, let's do this. So uh, I like it a lot. And I'll probably definitely find more books by Hope Larson. I can dig her story. Yeah. uh, It kinda reminds me of like Daniel Klaus, I think his name is. He did like Eight Ball and Oh it was a book I read like fifteen years ago. (laughs) I can't remember what it was named, but he has kinda like that graphic that graphic black and white style. That's what she kinda
2: adopted a little bit. So I Googled uh, her name just because I was like, I know her from something. Um, she did Batgirl in 2016 to 2018. Yeah. So maybe Batgirl from Burnside or like short, maybe the the series that was right after Batgirl in Burnside. Like uh, the new, no, what the hell was it called? Uh, whatever the event was, it like kind of said, hey, the new 52 is over. I forget what that was called.
0: Oh, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think she, she was the rebirth artist for Batgirl. Oh, cool. Along with, uh, Raphael Albuquerque. And she also did a book called Goldie Vance. Uh, Oh, I remember that boom studios. It was, it's, it seemed to be like a kind of like a Nancy drew kind of vibe book for like an all ages audience. I never got around to reading it, but it looked pretty neat. I really dug the art on it. So that, that likely explains why.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely probably try to find some more books by her. I I like this one. This was, this was definitely a good buy. Touching, like, all the old nostalgia feels for me of, like, when I was a kid and stuff. So that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, yep. I will mention this. I haven't read it, but I guess it's coming out. Uh, I kind of wanted to do it in the first part of the show. So, apparently, Allegheny Health Network teamed up with Marvel, and they're coming out with a book called Vitals. Which is oh, like yeah. talking about frontline, uh, yeah, frontline nurses and stuff. And it's like people that are from like our neck of the woods, like hmm. Like they had like a couple nurses from Jefferson and um, West Penn. And the only way I know this, I mean, I, I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't know like what the focus was until I was talking to my friend Jess, who actually knew a couple of them. That's going to be in the park. okay as well as her old boss. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. You know, uh, although I kind of wonder if they're actually gonna, I kind of doubt it. Cause usually if you're involving two companies, it's going to be more of like a PR thing than actually like get the nitty gritty, like the actual thing that happens to nurses and stuff, which I kind of was more curious about, like if they were just going to paint like this, happy pretty picture of <laughs> nurses just doing the the due diligence that they're there to do so i kind of have a feeling it'll probably be that than some of the stories i hear from
2: oh yeah it won't be those instagram stories it's just like yeah. everybody wear a mask everything's fucking awful yeah it's definitely not going to be that
0: yeah <laughs> well i was thinking like i I'd, I'd hear stuff from like steph's not a nurse but she's told me like all sorts of shenanigans that happen at her job. And my friend Jess, she's set up a, a bunch of things like from what doctors don't do to other things. And that's not me trying to be on the airways, trying to cast doubt on the on medical system or anything. So.
2: No, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but no, that does sound interesting. That, that, that'll be neat. It's, it's, it's always neat to see like Marvel, or any company, I guess, kind of give like a, a small shout out to, to our neck of the woods.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was kind of amazed when I heard that it was uh, Allegheny Health Network. I was like, wow, really? Like of all things, like all, I don't know, medical companies to choose from, it's, you know, it's that. But yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's awesome to someone like Marvel's giving out a shout out to Western Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming on. I, I definitely want to pick that up and support that. I, I handed Kate a book well, I didn't here. know if there gonna... was going to be a
3: smooth transition no, of what was happening. I was waiting
2: for you to smooth transition yourself. What?
3: Sorry. Well, I'm also <laughs> uh, entertaining our cat with the laser pointer because that's my job while <laughs> we do this. So, yeah, I went ahead and read uh, the young adult Swamp Thing book. So it's called Swamp Thing Twin Branches. It's written by Maggie Stiefvater, uh, illustrated by Morgan Beam, based on their pictures. It's two ladies, which is always nice. The Cliff Notes version is, this is really enjoyable. Uh, Swamp Thing is always a good time. But this was about twins Alec and Walker Hollands going on a summer vacation science and swamps are involved. Abby Arcane makes an appearance. I don't know. If you dig Swamp Thing, you'll dig it. It was enjoyable.
2: What's the uh I guess what's like the beyond what you just said, like what's the the grand premise, like the vibe that they're going for here?
3: The vibe that they're going is that basically due to uh, parental infidelity, the twins get shipped to their like hillbilly cousins down south for the summer and Alec is a super scientist and brings his really big science project obviously involving plants with him to work on all summer. One of the boxes falls off the back of the truck in transit and a bird gets into it and dogs get into other boxes Basically, his science project gets split around this little town.
2: Is it is it maintain its like horror vibe or definitely is it, okay? It
3: doesn't have that big of a horror vibe overall, but there it's are like definitely a few. Yeah, it was very goosebumps horror. That's actually a perfect way to describe it. Very much. Oh, the Christmas book, like the thing in the basement, literally the weird, creepy plant in the basement. Mm, Okay. That's what this book is. There are some creepy plant animals that you get to see and Mm -hmm. a big reveal at the end.
2: Is, oh, um, okay, the big reveal? Because I was going to question. What could
3: that be? Yeah, I was going to
2: (laughs) ask, does Swamp Thing make an appearance?
3: Swamp Thing most definitely (laughs) makes an appearance. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And they did a cute job of pairing up Alec and Abby Arcane.
2: Okay, cool. And I assume, you know, Walker's the, the antagonist.
3: Uh, actually, he's just his outgoing twin brother. Okay. And someone else is trying to do something to them that sparks the big okay. epic climax of the book.
2: Okay, cool. It's always interesting to see what they do with the young adult books where they're like, well, here's this thing, you know, and now we're just going to totally switch it in this crazy way that you don't really expect. Like, yeah, twin brothers going on a trip to Florida.
3: Yeah, and basically like so Walker's the they're both kind men, young men, which I didn't really remember anything about Walker. But, yeah, it,
2: I, I won't pretend to be an expert in something. Right.
3: But he's basically the outgoing one. And Alec is the extremely introverted, would literally rather be with plants. I think he even says at one point that he thinks like a plant. Uh, <laughs>
2: foreshadowing. <right>?
3: Total <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, but no, Walker's not a dick at all to him. <laughs> Even when everyone else around them seems to be bullying Alec, Walker 100% stamps up for his brother.
2: Cool. I'll say that the one thing I always dislike about these books is that when they're good, you're like, well, there's probably not a sequel.
3: Yeah, I would definitely like more to this. And the art was... um, I mean, to go back to your word of goosebumps, it was very reminiscent of goosebumps, actually. So, yeah. And I sent a picture of the cover to you, Dan, just because I appreciated, again, how nice it looked.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a beautiful cover. Right? The covers for all those books are always eye catching. Yes. Like, it's, I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit, that looks cool.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, I've not read any of the, you know, from these young adult books, but I can tell you that they're really putting a lot into it. I mean, the the, the production value is just top notch.
3: Honestly, you have to have a catching cover to Mm -hmm. get someone to be pulled in unless there's someone that's like, oh, young adult books. I like these young adult DC books. And what the picture doesn't do justice is, so there's twin silhouettes, and the one that has plants all over it is actually all textured.
2: Oh, it's like bumpy. It's yeah. Like the plants are all, Oh yeah, I can feel that. That's kind of yeah. neat. Like
3: the production value on this paperback is fantastic. So I highly recommend picking it up.
2: Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You got to hook those kids at the book fair. Oh yeah. Not you gotta like, get those, the parents calling <laughs> up and be like mom, dad, add like, you know, $50 no, I'm to married. my book. <laughs> <laughs> no ice card or whatever they do
0: nowadays hey the last couple times they've had like a book fair uh steph and i will go and i'll just kind of like oh oh hey there's this book okay
2: yeah
3: yeah sean's coming
2: out of there with like 10 books for himself and like one for millie <laughs>
3: hey
0: that's where i found like a couple of uh what was it cleopatra in space so. oh yeah yeah those sounded awesome yeah it's a it's a good series. Uh, I got the fourth one. Actually, I think I got it uh, through Scholastic. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. That's going to be like my New Year's resolution where I stop, I drop the phone, and and start reading more.
2: Yeah, that's a good good resolution to
1: have. Yeah, I might uh might copy that one because I'm I definitely could use more more book time and less screen time.
0: I think it's like I draw more on my tablet and then I look at my phone and then I look at the TV and I'm just like, yeah, I need a book or something.
2: So, uh, so I'll, I'll go here. Um, so I'm going to talk about big surprise, a book that's tied to a video game. Mm
3: -hmm. We don't ever do that in this house.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. This is, I forget why I grabbed this. Um, I've been interested in a while. Uh, it's, it's bloodborne. It's based off the game called bloodborne. Uh, it's written by Alice Cott with or coat, I'm I'm not entirely sure, and the art's by uh uh Pieter, uh Kowalski. Uh, I I laid on my heaviest uh Colossus accent there. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting book. It's an interesting game, and the hardest part would be me to explain the game. And it I would say if you pick this book up and you didn't know anything about the game and be a strange experience because the game itself is the plot is sort of like hidden deep within the background. And the game really doesn't like come at you with like any information about it. It's like all environmental storytelling and like context clues and like you're figuring things out as you play it, but it takes place in like this Victorian era setting. It's all, you know, foggy and there's monsters and shit everywhere. And you're this, this dude or, or woman or whatever you make your character as uh, called the hunter, And you go around and kill them and you're trapped in something called like the eternal dream. And every time you die in the game, you go back to like this home base kind of place. It's like this spooky graveyard with these, this spooky guy in a wheelchair and this like mannequin doll lady who like talk to you and speak to you all cryptically. And then you go back into the game world or the the, the city and you go resume like the eternal hunt and the dream, the eternal dream. And that's kind of like where the plot is taking place with this character, the one of these hunters that's exploring the city and fighting monsters and kind of being given this mission to to take the pale blood, which is this uh what, what do they say specifically? It's like you to to you must find the pale blood to end the eternal dream. And the pale blood turns out to be like this small kid that's like almost like stark white and he bleeds white. And it's, um, he's kind of escorting this kid through the city and trying to get him out of the city and like away from like this, you know, these night, this nightmare world. And that's kind of the, 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 the the entire plot of the book. It's really beautifully drawn. Um, everything's like super, it, it, it's like super, um, gothy and like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word like just like barren wastelands and like decay. And it does a good job of like portraying like the decaying world in like a really, I don't know, like a like a beautiful way.
3: Well, is this Victorian London?
2: It, yeah, kind of.
3: I mean, it's, that it's, in it's in itself like the is aesthetic be- of it. It's, yeah, that's like a beautiful decay gothic aesthetic. Yeah, like, that's what a lot of like.
2: Yeah, exactly. Cool
3: goth comes from.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it leans into that. And then it's got cool monster designs that it pulls from from the uh the game universe. And like
3: Why have I never played this game?
2: Uh because it's really fucking hard. Oh, okay. It's like it's part of the <laughs> franchise of games. It's like this game is super hard and you'll hate it. Uh it'll be a frustrating experience, but a rewarding one, and blah blah blah, and it's I, I picked it up on a whim, like the game. I, when I, I had it through like PlayStation plus for free and I was like, all right, well I'll try this out. And it, it hooked me just everything about the aesthetics and things hooked me. And, and it's, it is pretty well reflected through this. Um, And I guess, yeah, like even though I'm saying that the plot is, you wouldn't understand the plot. If you read this book without having played the game, it, it aided me, but I'm not going to pretend that I know what the plot of bloodborne is after having played it. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, there's like three hour YouTube videos where some guy is going to tell you like what the deeper meaning of these things in the game mean and whatnot. And I think the book did a good job of at least conveying that in a way that you're like, all right, I get the gist of this. I don't need to know like the greater story beyond like, you know, this is like an escort mission for this. What were you putting that?
3: Miyazaki? That's a different,
2: different Miyazaki. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and like just you get the gist of the book and what's trying to go on. It's kind of like this lone wolf and cub kind of scenario, or or you know you've seen it in other things before. And I don't know. It, it was it was a good read. I, I really I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend at least you know uh, trying it out if you like like just gothic horror or like Lovecraft stuff. It, the the monster designs are different, definitely like Lovecraftian inspired. And 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 who who put that out again? Oh, uh, Titan. Okay. Titan has done a lot of video game, bo- they've done actually, they're like the company that I end up going to for like tie-in products mm-hmm. more so than like, I don't know, like IDW, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like when I see Titan stuff, I'm like, okay, this is like IDW. I'll go to, if I want like something that's going to be like kind of like goofy mashup fanfic. Mm-hmm. Where like kiss shows up and hangs out with the transformers. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for like, if I'm like, okay, well I want something that's kind of like within the realm of like plausibility. Like if, the, if there's like a sequel or this expands on the lore in some meaningful way to me, uh, th- that's like a Titan thing. Cause they've done like, they did the Robotech series, the life is strange thing. Kate's talked mm. about. Uh, I think they do Dr. Who books primarily, uh, which I've heard. They're pretty good. Yeah,
1: I was just about to say I th- I, that the Dr. Who sounds familiar.
2: Yeah. So Damn. and I think they're a UK based company, so it's always interesting there too mm-hmm.
1: to get their spin on things. I think they did a they did a either a follow up or a comic adaptation of Penny Dreadful. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh
3: yep.
2: And uh I'll I'll do one more that I'll briefly mention here, I guess. Um I just realized that we did we we all went around the table. So I also read Homesick Pilots from Image. Um, it is by Dan Waters and uh, I'm going to say Casper Wingard uh, does the art it's an interesting little book it takes place in the 90s um, it's about uh, a punk band that uh, ends up I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it it's a punk band that's like trying to make a name for themselves there's a bunch of kids from like broken homes and there's like a rival punk band that they're they that happen to be in the same city. Um, Bitches. Of, yeah. Of other delinquents. And it's, it's got this like little cool indie vibe to it and whatnot. But the hook of it is that like they decide that they're going to play their next gig in a haunted house where, you know, something happened to some kid and they mysteriously disappeared and such and such. And lo and behold, by the end of the book, you find out that the place is haunted and some crazy ass shit happens, and they end up getting trapped in the house. It seems like it's gonna kind of go in this like weird vibe of, um, like it's kind of like the like the Shining situation where the house is just like fucking with them the whole time, or if it's like, or even like the um, Doctor Strange's house. It's it's actually probably more like that. Whatever, I can't remember what it's called. The the Sanctum of Santorum. Oh yeah, Sanctum Santorum. Yeah, where it's just like. Oh yeah. Every door is like, there's nightmares behind that door and the, the house is actively trying to kill you. Um, but there's one panel that's really interesting and the house, it's like the character who disappears inside of the house and the book starts off this way and the house like shoots a big ass purple beam of light out the front like window. And then it turns into what looks like I can only describe as a house mech. Like a, it's like a wooden house shaped in the shape of a humanoid But the girl who goes, who disappears in the house, like the lead singer of this punk band is kind of geared up in like what almost looks like a, like a sci-fi space suit, like kind of like within like what I would call like the core of the house. And I don't know, it kind of like that's, it doesn't get back to that. And it kind of, I want, I want to say like almost it like, like the end of the book also ends with her like going somewhere to retrieve some haunted relic that belongs to the house that somebody stole from it. But like the book doesn't really delve into any of that. It just kind of sets the premise up. So I can't really say what the fuck any of that's about, except it's really intriguing. Um, that I almost want to say that like they they get captured by the house and then have to like, I don't know, like run tasks for the house. Maybe they fight a guy, giant Kaiju at some point inside this haunted house. <laughs> I can't tell you, but there is, I'm going to share this with you on, on Facebook here. There is this one really cool panel that they do in the book where it's like a, it's a splash panel. They're breaking into this haunted house and the other band, the rival band sees them breaking the house and they break in through the other direction. And it's one of those, um, Oh, we're going through the house, the panel and you're following them as they explore kind of situation. Like it's like a zoom out breakdown of the the building. um, but you also then read the the panels for the other side from right to left, like of the other group coming in, and then they meet in the middle. And it was really neat, and I've never really seen that done in a comic before. And I don't know, it was just really cool. And I sent it on Facebook, and I think you guys might have gotten it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it was it was pretty cool. I also like the way that they, for this particular scene, they drew like a thin white outline, or I guess Photoshop the thin white outline around the character, uh, yeah. so that they like stood out from the. That's really cool. Setup.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that cutaway. That's really cool. Actually, it kind
0: of reminds me of uh, Tom uh, uh book. Uh, crap, what the hell was it? It was like his version of. Uh, commandy or like thundar oh uh, american barbarian yeah he did something like that no okay um but this actually looks uh 10 times better (laughs) 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 no uh yeah it was like uh american barbarian was being attacked by like this mobile assault tank type of thing with like multiple rooms and I think it was like a two page spread of him just like going through each room and fucking shit up. Yeah. But this is pretty cool too. I like this.
2: Yeah. Like I I've, I've it seen it before. I think I've seen it in like, uh, Miss Marvel might've done something like this or Hawkeye, like the Matt fraction Hawkeye, but I never, se- I've never correct. seen it like where they like tell like a reverse story the other way, mm-hmm. which I thought was just kind of, and it was weird reading something from right to left in a, you know, American comic.
0: Yeah, we're like you're
2: following like from the bottom right up into like, and they meet in the center panel. So I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool. I like this.
2: (laughs) And that's kind of what like the whole art style is. It's like got these cool, this these like neat uh, gradient tones on everything to like set like the lighting and the mood for scenes. I'm
3: also just here to say that I would totally go to a show at a haunted house. Oh yeah. (laughs) Sounds great.
2: Bonus points if it's actually haunted, right?
3: yeah (laughs) like real ghosts or get out of here yeah
2: um but yeah no i I, the the premise sounds cool and if it you know if they're 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 out there piloting a haunted house with their spirits well that's also like actively trying to murder them at the same time like that sounds like a cool premise (laughs) it's not i mean it's not something i've ever heard of (laughs) it's like they kind of took like two different genres and went for it. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you yeah, kind of have to do nowadays. Right? Yeah, it's kind of the way.
1: Yeah, this is the way.
3: <laughs> this is the way.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um I guess we ought to start wrapping things up. Um anyone have any final final mentions or final final words? No, 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 no let's check Disney's Instagram real quick. <laughs> Man, <laughs> yeah, we're we'll, we'll here for another
2: hour. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, no. <laughs>
0: Mandalorian is still good. Is that like the last episode though?
2: No, I think I think we've got like two or three more episodes.
0: Okay. I thought so because yeah, it, it's good. I yeah, I definitely look forward to each episode each week. <laughs> yeah, like they're doing some uh, good stuff, but yeah, that's it.
2: Oh, and uh, I guess I guess it's worth mentioning um, that. Uh, there should be a new episode of R2Yen on the Patreon. If it if it's not already up there, it, yeah, it will be that'll at some be, point.
1: That'll be going up this weekend. There'll be, yeah, um, a lot of content will be coming to the Patreon. We've got the webcomics from Sean himself and our other host, Jared. I said, what, what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then Kate and Link, their second episode of R2 Yen will be available pretty soon for, for listening for the, for patrons and next month we'll see the return of sequential underground with Sean and Jared talking about their, it's kind of like a making comics, you know, like an, like an insider look at making comics or making web comics. Neat. So if you're a, if you're a fan of the, Process, you know, the making comics process. Then you definitely want to uh, hop on the our Patreon page and and uh, subscribe to one of the levels, and you'll be able to get those those episodes when they come out. Yeah, and you can go to it's that's Patreon.com/slash ComicBookPit. So you can support us there. You can also support us by going to our, our spread shop store. You can get some get yourself some comic book pit gear or you know some, some gear for that special geek in your life so, since we got the, the holidays are coming up very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can coffee also make that. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, I, I got have a coffee. mug and Sean's got a mug and they're, yeah, I, I drink, I, I use it every day. It's my, it's my favorite <laughs> uh, You can also make a one-time donation in any amount to our Kofi account. And all those links are in the show notes. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Whew. It's a lot of places. I was gonna say, yeah, that's a that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> this will probably be the last episode for, for, for this group for, for twenty twenty
2: forever what? no <laughs> this did surprise being replaced?
1: <laughs> yes i don't know how to tell you this but podcast <laughs> is being yes yeah, so we're
2: being replaced by yeah text to speech <laughs> Dan's just going to type it all out and just have a robot say That's
1: it. right. I'm I'm now recording everyone <laughs> so. I'm I'm recording all the roles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be everybody. Uh <laughs> Uh, so, the, so uh, after this episode, we're gonna have one more episode next week. That'll be episode 375 with uh, me, Scott, and Jared, and then that will be it what? for for the this year of our lore 2020. And then um, we'll be back in 2021 for our countdown to 400. Yeah, yeah, but, know, yeah. Pretty quick.
3: May 2021 bring us all better. Things.
1: please yes
2: <laughs> yeah well yeah
0: so you're telling me Jared gets another episode in 2020 but we don't
2: <sighs> yeah why does Jared get an extra yeah. it's like that meme like why does he get two hot dogs exactly exactly <laughs> exactly
3: I just think of Deadly from Harry Potter like but last year I had blah blah blah
1: yes yeah big years <laughs> well, this, this escalated quickly <laughs> We're the cool show.
2: I don't know about that Jared one. <laughs> That's where all the Star Wars talk happens, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's talking all the Star Wars to himself over there. And the
0: pirates. Jared's like, yes, and the pirates did this in the eighth inning. We're like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Jared. <laughs> Uh, you know, cl- no, cl- clearly we had we we had substantially less sports talk this year. Uh, yeah, right. But uh, well, but we replaced it with COVID talk, so it all evens out in the <laughs> end. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we'll bring this episode to a close. This has been episode three seventy four of the Comic Book Pit Podcast. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we've got Sean. See ya, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We got Kate.
3: Bye, And
1: Link. Uh, happy holidays. <laughs> See ya everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to wash your hands and wear a mask.